Welcome to Process Movement, where I, Ben Clement, explore people's relationships with their creative practices, as well as how they move and are active in the world through art, athleticism, and lifestyle. In this episode, I'm calling my friend in Hawaii, Nai Vasha. Vash is an expressionist through and through, an adventurer full of ideas. She's a community builder and really much more. She helps build and shape visual languages across brands and businesses and through communities. There's literally nothing she won't have a hand at and has found a knack for most things as well. And everything she does do, she does really well. Vash and I met through running in the early days of the famous event called The Speed Project in LA. We got to work on a magazine together called Make Running and have always had these long-winded conversations about art and commerce and, and movement and how that all intertwines. It was really great to catch Vash on a warm evening in her current residence of Hawaii. Um, it was a great chat and thanks for listening. So enjoy this conversation. To begin, um, for those who don't know, who are you and how are you currently describing what you do? Because I know people change how they describe what they do. And I know I do a lot. So how are you currently describing what you do and, and who are you for those who don't know? <sighs> I'm going to be honest. I don't think I've had to do this in a while. I am right. known to many as Vasha, but born Naivasha. Last name you'll figure out if you Google search. No, last name Thomas. Um, And I am... An artist of many sorts, I can always say I'm doing social experiments and artistic experiments, and that's the bigger uh, aspect of what I'm doing, and most people have no idea. But um, in <laughs> the uh, capitalistic sense, I do a lot of creative direction and art direction for brands, um, a lot of lot involving sports and media and community building for the most part, but like real intuitive community building that you can't replicate if you aren't involved in community that's it nice i know that about you so um and we're going to talk more about that side of things but all of that coming together i want to kind of go back and you can kind of pick your points on where you want to like start how far because i know it could go on for as long as you wanted to but what is your journey to this point and now so tell me your story or, or a part of that story to create a paint a picture essentially my picture starts with a um usually i'm prepared with this and then usually i give the same story but in the in recent years i've noticed that um my story's changed because i've received videos of myself as a kid And I used to give a story that I was like super, you know, hyperactive and whatever. My parents put me into a lot of theater and it got me into uh, performing as a kid. And I always started childhood because I think that's definitely foundation. Um, But I was like, yeah, my parents forced me there. I actually have just been this attractive little magnet to people in entertainment and a, a deep empath in that and understanding like what people like and how to make them smile. Um, and that's been used in, and synthesized through many different forms. Um, I started off in performance as a kid and acting in theater and all of these things that like were very in front of people that led into a lot of theater design and working behind the scenes, working in theater was also, you know, working in retail and doing that interior wise. I went to do trade shows after that and, I'm summarizing this all because like theatrics is very much foundation of what I've done and what I do. Um, and so to paint the picture of what I do now and what um, I think is relative here, I was able to 
when I was really deep into my creative work and I was doing music videos and building stuff and making things and living in New York and saying anything is possible because I have a medium and Instagram wasn't this like this place where you just kind of pour yourself out. And it was just like, I don't know, free expression. I enjoyed creating. I've always enjoyed creating and making things and solving puzzles and all of that. But, um, I think in my performative like upbringing, it was always about like me being the center of it. And when I got into running, I got around this community and it wasn't about like me having to really be the center of it. I was more so able to play the role of a director and see it as a theatrical sense of what are all of these key components that really help people to feel something. Um, and so that led into community building with uh, doing undo in New York and having a magazine and having an agency and really looking at like, how do we storytell in a sense that doesn't feel forced? It's just very natural, but it's actually has feeling. Um, and that's segued into a lot of parts of my life that I never thought it would. Um, because I've always, again, just done creative work because I like to make things and I like to solve puzzles. And so those industries are like, near and far and vast, but I'll let the chopper go. Um, but I, uh, I think that it's been this like idea of how to make things have feeling and come to life and be more theatrical. That has really been what I do and how I kind of have moved through life as I, as I tap in every year and I keep a lot of archives. I keep a lot of archives. I save every, I save everything. Um, I see you reposting stuff from like all different years. And I'm like, how do you find that? Where is that? Because it really feels like, I don't know if you've ever watched Quantum Leap, the, the old show. Like I really have that kind of life. And that's why it, I take a deep breath anytime someone's like, well, what's your story? Because it's like, what bracket of years do you want me to talk about? Because it feels like I've lived lived different lives in all these different pieces. And so I try to sum it up real quick. <laughs> but yeah, there's been a lot of uh, stages and brackets of life. So uh, I'm always, it's, I, I keep, I'm, I'm really fortunate to be a part of fun things that happen. And I feel like these good moments in life that happen. Um, and then it's about like processing it for me and then being like, okay, well, what's the, what's that, uh, silver lining in that you know what's the defining line that's consistent and the consistent part is always like the feeling that people really have when they are a part of the experience or they've tapped in fully or you know like just what was created out of that so that's what I've been doing I don't know if I answered the question but that was my answer yeah totally <laughs> I mean what I what I kind of think or ask is like is there, if you kind of look back at those kind of brackets and those different lives you've lived, do you feel like there's a thread through that that has any commonality or yeah. do you like that kind of complete change of, of how you do things? Or oh, you... there's absolutely. Um, I mean, I even practice it with moving to Hawaii. I relocated, you know, to Hawaii at the top of the pandemic um like as soon as things got icky and this may be the fifth time I've moved in my life not fit like in my adult life I've moved so many times when I was a kid and even that I think about that too like I'm really good at moving um <laughs> and it's not because I'm searching for things it's because I've learned how to make community everywhere and so like I understand things that I find to be valuable in every city. I understand what I'm looking for every place I go. Um, and then the idea of like, how do you have this outside view of how to also maybe bring other people together? And that some of those ways have been through art and through throwing parties when I was living in Vegas and other cities, um, even New York, and then running. And then, you know, and that's been New York and LA. And now here it's like, there's these other things. And as I'm connecting with more runners and finding more people who just love to do endurance sports here, it's like, there's so much more of that that's probably lacking. And so there's always been that consistency. And I've been doing that since childhood. Um, I mean, like 
the head of all the the captain of the teams to make any kind of random group that really wasn't a group but we're gonna have a dance group and we're gonna have a squad and we're gonna have a committee and like we there were so many like groups <laughs> that I when I think of back and so much leadership that was like early on but not in the spirit of this is about like praising my own ego this is more so about I see what's lacking as far as just like joy in a lot of people and like how do you make that that how do you like turn on that trigger for people yeah that's so cool I really love that that's something I think I read I think it's a quote or it's something you'd written where it said like you have a knack for like filling the void yeah and I want to hear what you like how you describe that or, or what that looks like to you in those kind of when you are working within community or creating like an art-based project or working with a brand what does that yeah what does that look like to you um it's lifting the veil oftentimes it's you know looking between the lines I've always just been peculiar and I've always like just not really trusted anything um or anyone so <laughs> it definitely comes from a place of <laughs> a lack of trust and <laughs> thinking that everything that's being told to me isn't really true and that there's more, you know, and I think that, you know, being curious also it can get you into trouble, but it can also like lead you to discover a lot of things about the world that maybe people aren't asking. And for me, I'm very curious. I'm always, I've always asked more. I've always wondered like what else is out there um, and what else can we spend our time thinking about or there's just all there's just always a piece that's like missing for me um years ago I took one of the free like college courses on the EDX program and you can take like all the Ivy League courses or not all but several so I took this Harvard EDX class on entrepreneurialism in emerging economies and it was right after a trip to Tulum and I went with a friend and like he almost died and it because he had a, an allergic reaction because it took us an hour to get to the hospital because there's only like a two lane road from you know one end to the other in Tulum and so I take this course like not far after and it's really talking about you know the this need for true business and that's filling a, a void like true business is understanding institutional void and filling that and you know a lot of times and especially in the world we live in it's just you know capitalism people start businesses they make businesses just to make money and I've always looked at business and at opportunity as this place to fill voids. I've never looked at it at capitalism. And I've probably not made the money that I should because of those reasons, because that's how I think. I think in the void of what's missing. And so it's like, oh, these things could happen. But like, I need the capital to actually do it. Um, and so, I mean, it I feel like in the big, you know, in the big sphere of how systems really move and how things move it takes to people who actually don't want to be so involved in money as well to think about the ideas that are beyond money yeah that's a tricky one like that balance between i guess art and commerce mm -hmm. right like you know you want to be valued for what you do but there's also just that capitalistic kind of world we live in but then also kind of get to work with people hopefully you have like-minded thinking who want to give you a platform or a space to do who you are and what you what you're about kind of thing and this yeah that's a fine balance right I don't know how do you find that um honestly I've, I, it's been my biggest struggle in life um to, to be very honest and then like that also comes back to foundation and upbringing like I just I'm, I'm a preacher's kid I grew up working in in convalescent homes and prisons and church and it's very much for the people by the people about the people you know like I told an ex-boyfriend I'm very much Mother Teresa and he was like sure and I'm like no 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 like the things that are ingrained as far as like the why are very purist in that sense but when you don't live and work in a world that like abides by that it's really hard to operate in that sense again why I live on an island in Hawaii um <laughs> because <laughs> um it is hard. And so it's, and it's hard to think certain ways and then to sometimes be ahead in those th thoughts, um, you know, and to know certain moments are happening and to, you know, try to always 
it's it's there's a, a level of optimism in the pessimism you know like you have to be both <laughs> at the mm-hmm. same time because like you have to be prepared and, and be able to think and have perspective as well as like you know know how to bunker down and get things done too something um i was thinking earlier before we jumped on and i was like i always have something i've always admired about you and something i relate to as well is some you've always been kind of someone i know who has never been afraid to do more than one thing and whatever those one things or many things are excel at them and really challenge what that medium is so whether you're making a magazine like i do doing run crew related things working with a brand hosting events you know this and i think the best way i can kind of describe you is like a polymath meets i don't know like you're almost like a to me i see you as like a a tree and stick with me for a second you're like roots are really deep and they connect to many other trees but then you also get to show off like your branches and like who you are so it's kind of like this two-layer thing and I guess yeah I think I think there's something you've written maybe it's on your Instagram bio like you're like an expressionist right and yeah I'm kind of interested to to hear more about like what expressionism means to you and and that kind of multifaceted like hey I want to do that or I want to do this or I want to but but you seem to excel at them like I'm really intrigued by how you multi-layer multitask multi you are making my monday because sometimes (laughs) you don't know if you excel and that's maybe more of my attitude i'm just so used to probably failure that i just do it my attitude and a friend had to remind me of something that i've said to him repeatedly for years for at least a decade and it's i don't want to die with a binder full of ideas and that's my attitude. Um, binder, hard drive, whatever. Which is also why, like, I sit in my archives for so long because I and and like just things that that I'm able to capture and and kind of embrace every day. I want to take time with them. And most days we don't get to be present with everything. Um, my, most like every day, <laughs> it's just so much information and and so many things that you're kind of grabbing and holding on to. And I don't know. It's like life is short. I was telling my mom this the other day. She's like, why do you feel like you have to do all this stuff? And I'm like, you know, I just got hit up on Facebook by a friend from high school who just told me about someone who killed themselves, like another friend who killed themselves. Like every day, there's another reason to say, oh, I can do these things because like I could be on the other side of not being able to, and that's truly death. And not to say that like, that's my biggest motivation, but I've experienced a lot of death in my life and I have no problem talking about that. And death is my biggest motivation in life because that's the only thing, that's the only end. So for me, it's like, it's funny to think even about success when it comes to doing things, because like the only way to fail is to truly just die. You don't fail. You go through, you know, rounds and rounds of practice. Again, why I love my archives and sitting in it, because I just love going into these rounds of even moving things to, to, to weave a bigger story together. Because sometimes the story, sometimes there's pieces that I'm like missing and I can piece things together later. And I'm like, oh, this all just makes sense. And these people are already there and this community was already created. And like a lot of these things actually have been woven in. I just need to get my head out my phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would love to know, like, I would, I can imagine you sitting, I mean, I've been in meetings with you, but like sitting in a meeting room or just a kind of creative discussion for any idea going like, okay, you know, what are we going to do? And, how do you, do you ever feel like this is kind of two questions do you ever feel like you want to put every like a lot of things into one idea like when do you know what to hold back and and leave out of an idea and like yeah like what does that look like because if you've got this kind of archive and and all these this kind of layers of thinking 
and these different mediums and outputs because yeah how do you stay on your own kind of like this is my vision i mean if it's so i do a lot of like pitching so a lot of times again like getting used to failure is just on the list because you know that your idea that you could you have been sitting on and thinking about and putting all these pieces together someone can just be like yeah we don't like it you know and then you're like okay well there goes my whole like self-esteem and then especially if you're like on the design side of it like talk about brutal and I'm sensitive I'm a cancer like god I picked the wrong industry for all the things that I do because like the minute I get a a critique back I'm like (laughs) how dare you and so like but it's never a no. It's always like, maybe not you, not now. And then you move it on to someone else. And then the one thing that I do notice and pay attention to are trends. And so like, if they don't pick up on it now, they'll pick up on it in 10 years. That's my favorite part. And I am far more confident about it 10 years later. And the way I talk about things now that I know that I've seen done and experienced 10 years ago oh my gosh, my arrogance, my attitude, my ego, like the way I'm able to deliver it because I've lived it. It's different, you know? So it's just like, I actually, I think it's the experience of like trying and testing and knowing that like, it's, it's also like, what do you label yourself as? And I think I changed my bio often because like, it's definitely built in being an artist in the sense of like, what I'm doing is really to make people think always. And like at the root, it's just, it's art, but uh, you know, it's not in a museum and it's not all these other places, but at the same time, like I'm a scientist at the same time, I'm testing. I'm like, we're, we're just, we're testing the waters all day to see what works, what may not work (laughs) It's trial and error. (laughs) And so I'm not afraid to try because again, like root it back to what's my driver. The only other side of that is like death. So so why not? So why not? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can get into like my deep, deep philosophy, but I'm working on pacing myself with that because sometimes it's too heavy. But my attitude in thinking is like some people really live in fear most of their lives. And I'm, I have a lot of those people in my family, people in my friend circle who are afraid to just try. And then there's people like me who are like, I'm more so afraid to not try because I feel like things will be taken from me because I've been given gifts and the ability to do a lot. So it's yeah. funny how fear is still present, even if you're say the example of like afraid to try or afraid not to try but it's still like a driver it is a driver that's quite interesting two drivers in life fear and love the only two reasons you do anything so there is this like if i don't do what i need to do if i'm given all these gifts like people like me i've got personality i can make stuff i can build stuff i can do i can do all these things that's great i can't play an instrument to save my fucking life but i can do all these other things right i can like hit a hit a drum and a tambourine real well but i can beat on things but like can't fiddle anything tried to play piano definitely dated someone he tried to teach me piano relationship was over because i didn't practice but anyways um so there's things i can't do for sure but i'm not given all of this in order to like waste it and that's also my attitude and it's like oh well I can do that well let me try to do this as well I spent my 20s as foolish as like it was in my mind again I've told my mom this recently because she's had to put up with me um (laughs) is I spent my 20s like really not trying to have a title like at all I wanted to develop skill I remember being in high school and they were like well what are you gonna do and I was like I just want to spend my like the next 10 years plus learning how to do things because I know that I'll always have money. And this is like before there were movements to give women more money and black people money. And like nobody gave a fuck when I was in high school about any of these things. Let's be very honest. So like my options were perform for people and play roles you probably don't want to because you're quote unquote entertaining or like learn how to go do stuff. And so. Or go do some other job that like you don't want to do. And so yuck. Um, for me that was a no. And it was like, well, let me just learn how to do stuff. 
And I didn't, I just wanted to make sure I could have money. Like if I have to be an electrician, fine. I know how to wire shit. I can wire your, your lights tomorrow. You know, if I need to go be a woodworker and work on some rooftops, I will do that. And that was always a ba- my backup plan. <laughs> Just in case, like, I ever hit rock bottom, I have skills. <laughs> and I can always just get into, like, construction. And so, <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> that's why. That's so that's good. Why. I love that. I love that. I mean, yeah, gotta gotta have that backup drive, right? It you was know? the most ridiculous, like backup, but it was very much like, let's just make sure that just in case this thing doesn't work out, I can. Like, I used to always tell people, and then I started to aim higher, and no disrespect to any like regional manager at a Victoria's Secret, but when I was like running the retail like gamut back in the day, I was like, I can always go like be a retail manager at a Victoria's Secret in the middle of nowhere and make a good like at least 100k and I said that when I was like 20 years old you know and so I was like well you know I know I can at least do that (laughs) yeah so that almost gives you this vibe of being like all right I'm just gonna do all the things that come to mind because I know I can sort myself to the walls I know I could go do this other stuff I could shop at the TJ Maxx and the Ross and decorate my house like everyone else and have these like weekend parties and yeah I can and that's cool but I also can like live in all these places and try these different lifestyles and quantum leap myself through life because maybe I've had those lives before and the soul's just living in a new body and this body wants to experience it all we all want different things for real yeah we do we yeah. do it's so true um i'm always like something i've always struggled with when you kind of work on multiple different things and when specifically speaking in the industry of creativity and art not so much just being an artist in your own accord but just 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 defining what you do to other people and if you've ever felt like you've had to define yourself to not so people aren't confused or like just going with it like and hoping they will catch up when they need to catch up like does that ever affect you or does that how does that play totally affect me in in the industry totally i i probably again would should have far more like money and status and all of these things because i like the work's there and the passion and the drive but like i'm the worst at talking about myself um and so I do really well with letting other people talk about me and talk for me. And I've learned that that just may be the way I have to move in life because my way isn't working for me. Um, Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, and it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll get there at some point. I think that that also comes with accolades that I'm... uh, I'm not going to say proud of, but I feel like aligned with where I am. Oops. In life. Um, Yeah. I think the accolades to me have to align with like what I want attention for. And I've always been very particular being a very theatrical attention getting person that like what I receive attention for has to be aligned with where I am in life. Um, When I was a party person who also worked five jobs in Vegas I didn't really want anyone to know me as that. Um, <laughs> but they did, you know, because that was the consistently my lifestyle. You are what you do, you know. And so it's like at certain times I, I am doing too much. And that's all I am is just too much. And so it hasn't really been able to be so streamlined to make sense for a simpler streamlined consciousness. And I don't expect everyone to be able to fathom or know that I exist. Like my favorite story when I was, God, I haven't told this in forever. Um, When I lived in Vegas, there was this peacock farm and we went to the peacock farm, like we would go visit it. And I remember that there was this albino peacock and it, that shit blew my mind because I had never thought about it. And that I've always resonated with the albino peacock ever since, because like it exists, 
it, it just because I didn't think about it doesn't mean it didn't exist. And so that's how I've continued to live my life where like, I don't really have to be in the stream of consciousness of most people because like, why would they ever consider me? I'm, I'm out here doing the most. So <laughs> it's not going to make sense in one word or an elevator pitch or Instagram bio or any of that, but it still exists. And so I've been more comfortable in just existing and being okay with that part because I'm still going to be here and lovely and a fucking like albino peacock. That's dope. But like, I don't really have to like be on the mind of every single person for me to still be great. Yeah. It's not like, it's like you're not trying to prove yourself to anyone just for the sake of being on the You don't have to figure it out. You know, I deal a lot of people who want to figure it out and it's like, oh, it doesn't make sense. So like, I don't get it. And it's like, okay. <laughs> you don't have to get it. <laughs> Things may not make sense. Things may not be the like linear story that you assumed or expected it to be. You know, it's the same thing when people want to solely judge you by like when you were born. And it's like, really? You have no idea like what my life has had to do with like also my astrology. So like, let's wrap it all up into the big story. And I think that's Sometimes, sometimes people just get stuck on what they want to figure out and know about people and what book they read about personality traits and men are from Mars and, and all, the, all, all of the stuff that's like, or you can just accept the fact that people aren't what you expect them to be and you can just learn. You can just learn. Whoa, what a thought. What? we can agree to disagree and we can all learn about each other. But again, these are forward thoughts that I, I don't expect humanity to jump onto anytime soon. <laughs> we'll, we'll let everyone catch up Something. for sure. Yeah. Um, so what have, what have you been working on recently? What are a few projects that have sparked you or you that have that residue of kind of like, I'm proud of nothing. Um, no, I have been working on myself. <laughs> What what a Great. project. Um, for the first time in my life, I do not really care to be doing a lot of things for a lot of people. Um, which is nice. I'm doing it all for me, baby. Um, yeah, right. thanks, pandemic. I'll continue to ride this one out as long as I can. Um and I think work wise. There's things that I cannot discuss yet that have been fun. Um, there, I think things that I have discussed and I love to share is the uh, studio, the outpatient studio, Studio Wellness um, that I work with in New York. Um, what started again as just like a way to make people feel something has turned into a whole project, like a whole business, a whole like experience of actually helping people. And I am, I'm, it's those things that mean the most to me. Like I, again, like the work, the, the, the brands, all of those things are fun. And I, oftentimes I forget about them. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll have a great, like a cool brand job or a nice gig that I'm like, oh, that was a flex moment. But I, they just go in the portfolio for me these days and like no shade to anyone that wants to give me money from a brand. Love you. But the things that really mean the most are the ones that like have impact and really are able to, to like change people's lives. So Studio Elsewhere and what the team's been able to do and my contribution is little. I am the dire director of Vibes, um, but uh, <laughs> great. And that's just really like the feel too. I mean, to be able to, to create holistic spaces for people to heal um, and to really think about all this access that we have to technology and to lighting and to like, just, just to our five senses overall, um, and how that can really help people heal. It's really fascinating to see what the whole team over there is doing. And I'm like super excited to be a part of it, even though I'm on my Island respectfully here, preparing us for the next wave of work that we have to do. Um, it's been amazing to see like a test project that turned into like a huge thing. Um, and again, those talk about quantum leaps. Like I'm very aware what that team and what we're doing over there, what that's going to do 
in life that I'm just like, oh my God, um, I'm so excited to be a part of this thing that I know is going to have so much impact. Um, and it's amazing. So shout out to Morel and team at Studio Elsewhere because, oh my God, uh, studioelsewhere.co. I think that's our website. I never get it right, but yeah. <laughs> so good. I'm so keen to check that out. Like next time I'm in New York. Well, so we're sure. not an actual studio. That's we're so in a good. lot of hospitals. Um, I can give a little more, more detail. Oh, wow. um, basically it's, it's yeah. Outpatient. Yes, I, sometimes I like give a, a quick one. It's outpatient recovery. So there's been a lot of pop-ups and installations. I think we're at like 50 plus recovery rooms right now. Um, basically especially during, during the pandemic, um, these ideas and some of our, our test projects and prototypes we were doing beforehand were all about like stroke survivors and people being um, trapped inside and basically creating outpatient experiences for them to engage, connect. And so we were working with um, neurology department of Mount Sinai to really understand like brain science, um, chromotherapy, what goes on with your senses and that muscle memory in order for your brain to actually trigger some kind of response in order for you to heal. And so we've had, we like, there've been, there were test patients and cases and studies that really went into, you know, trial and error and figuring out what works. And then when the pandemic hit and people were locked inside and nurses and, you know, first responders were inside of hospitals for 20 hours a day, they needed to have some kind of relaxing experience. And so these recovery rooms were installed and they're basically just looking at the sunset, just looking at like, just what I go outside to go look at every day and somehow make share on my Instagram when I don't want to see someone making jello or whatever they're pushing me on the algorithm right now. I just want to see like the sunset on the water that's basically what was going into the recovery rooms. And so now there's this space where these nurses and first responders and people who are really on the front line are able to actually like be at peace and there's fragrances that match and the lighting is right. And it's just a reset room. And so now we have 50 plus that are moving all over the States and there's been other test projects. There's been like a pediatric center that was installed in Mount Sinai in Union City to really help those kids and the neurology department and how they're healing and recovering. Um, a lot of, a, a lot of science, technology, mind mapping, uh, coding, a lot of video game technology as far as interaction is concerned. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting to just like, I pop into New York every once in a while. And when I do go in, um, yeah, it's just interesting to see what they're working on. And I'm like, guys, I'm so out the loop, but I am, my, my role is also to be here. I have, someone has to live it. Yeah. So, yeah, for yeah. real. So are you kind of like, what's the right word? Like if, if you're like chief vibes of of everything is that kind of in a better way to describe or not a, not a better way like a different way like art direction or um at least kind of building out what things look and feel yeah. like and then all the science and stuff is there's look there's that. feel there's a lot of stuff that goes into like the interior build outs and then there's also our story and the the brilliant the beautiful things that we're doing and i'm also in charge of that which I should be better at our storytelling, but we're also in the process of getting that height. Um, Cause we've just been doing the work, you know, they've been out in the world installing these recovery rooms um, and these installations and really working with the hospitals and really just like getting the work done. And now it's about taking all of those stories, the success stories, the impact, the emotion, and like that part of storytelling for vibes. And then again, living it. Um, uh, the project started with an um, experiential space designer. Uh, we worked on a whole nother project at E3, um, the gaming trade show. And we were trying to create a space that was just like a, a reset room for people. And I was like, okay, well, we're doing this like big, beautiful, like living space, outdoor, indoor, outdoor thing. And we should just put a room and have like surf videos and that's it. Like it just needs to be blue and nothing else. And like, just that's it. And there was a line for the room because everyone was like, you know, at the Twitch station and all of this like crazy stuff for gaming. 
and like you just Fortnite and all of this stuff and you just need like a moment and you could go in the mo in the room and it was like fragrance and like it smelled like the ocean and you're watching this beautiful ocean video and it's just like turquoise and you can sit in the soft chair and just relax and like from that it's gone it's moved to this and so for me that was just a piece of like how i enjoy living i've been a philips hue whore since the day they dropped um i've (laughs) like I am the person that's always has like some kind of movie going on in the background that's super cinematic while life is happening because I need to be like inspired and it's probably going to be planet earth. Planet earth is on at all times, you know, with the Phillips Hughes. Cause we're not, Oh God, like my friends who are musicians, if they want to play me an album, I'm the worst. I'll put on like some kind of crazy thing because I have to watch like Kung Fu while I listen, I listen to their album and while the Philip Hugh lights are on. Like <laughs> it all has to be an experience <laughs> because like, I'm not like, you know, how, how are we elevating this? You know, how does he, how do we make this like really yeah, feel yeah. like something? And again, I take you back to growing up in theatrics. It's all theatrics. Mm. It's almost like you're taking, yeah. Like your own interests and experiences and going like, how does this work for other people? And to go back, like, filling the void like this is really great for me this is my idea this is my thinking there's a void there how do I input exactly yeah yeah other people feel this because like I, I'm not really here yeah like if you're feeling something then you're like well someone else how do I share this because right? like not to say I'm having like everyday psychedelic trips in my mind but like every day I'm like out here living you know it's like oh we could do this and you could try this and you can feel these way and it's just like you know like a runner's high it's like if you have all these highs from life and experiencing life in these ways like why wouldn't you want to share that so people can have an elevated sensory experience because i really feel like we're desensitized and we're desensitized because we've actually exposed our and and well we're desensitized for several reasons we can get into the science of it but the engagement that we have as far as our dopamine and serotonin to seeing all of the stuff we see every day we're desensitized from that you can't see something on your phone that makes you happy and then scroll two seconds later and something that makes you sad and then two seconds later you're turned on because all of that is basically desensitizing you and those triggers are now numbing you to where you have no real impact or interaction to real shit that happens and so i'm thinking about the elevated experience to shock people out of that numbness because i go into a state of numbness all the time i'm in a state of numbness with social media right now and stuff where i'm like what am i inspired by because there's just too much happening um so i'm just gonna go outside and go be inspired by nature because my lord what's whoa um and i and it's like i i'm trying to think about what's that shock what's that thing that makes people you know want to share and create and make and engage and have community and not just be like oh i'm going to live in my bubble my isolated bubble of just my world my family my stuff cuz woe is me like get the fuck out of here and that's where a lot of people mm-hmm. are right now because of pandemic yeah. and like respect but it's not how like you survive in civilization especially a dying and like suffering one that's dealing with climate change that's a whole other story uh- <laughs> yeah for real for real uh so true i yeah big respect for like putting in the energy to give your kind of thinking and experiences and feelings to other people because that's that takes up a lot of energy that's also why i'm on my island that's the name of my book why i'm on the island (laughs) (laughs) new york times bestseller coming out soon this is why (laughs) it's called boundaries um <laughs> hey something i learned recently about boundaries was most people think of boundaries as like this kind of barrier or like something to close off or whatever but recently i was listening to this another podcast actually and it was like uh boundaries are like a point of connection and i was like damn i like that so i've been kind of hanging on to that so it's like i'll invite you in to understand my boundaries so better yeah better. like my boundary is the ocean mm it's it's mm. yeah you've got like the real deal like it's a boundary under. for someone who likes to do a lot and i kind of never say no and i love puzzles 
like I was just in New York. I wouldn't say just, I was in New York in, I think, April. And my friend pulled out this cat puzzle. It was like a rainy day in New York. And we just sat there for 10 hours or something crazy and just did a cat puzzle. And I couldn't stop. And I was like, and I don't think he knew this about me, but I was like, I really can't stop doing the puzzle. Like once you put the puzzle in front of me, I don't stop. And I'm like that in life. So I need boundaries. I need like a soft, a slap on the hand. I need like a, you know, a little leash you put on kids. Like I have to have a leash on. You have to yank me back because I'll just be so allured in the idea of figuring something out that I'll stay on it and do it. And and like, yeah, you have a problem. I'll solve that. Um, So the boundary is the ocean. It like allows me to not do everything because I can't. Um, I can't buy a bunch of stuff. I can't shop. Like I'm also I like having stuff. Consumerism has like giving me some kind of weird condition to like uh, some problems. So like all the options we have and things we have to buy that we're like just bothered with that was interfering with my productivity. It was interfering with like a lot of things because I was feeling like I had to keep up or own or have. And then like that mentality also shift and those boundaries shifted as far as like, what am I around? Um, Cause that's what I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm around people that wear like sandals all day now and don't really wear clothes. It's totally different than me. Like exhausting my bank account to keep up with the Joneses. Um, and yeah. so it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's different. And even work-wise, like I can't take on all the jobs. I can't, there's jobs I can't do that I said I wasn't going to do anymore you know, and like, but then the money will come and someone will call and they'll be like, can you do this? And it's like, ah. and if you have to ship something to me to this island, no, I can't actually, because it's going to take forever, you know, or if you need all of these things done, I probably can't do it because I'm here unless you're going to fly me there. And so it's like, it, it creates a, another level of like, this is what I deserve to feel and have. and. I deserve also to like live a vacation and travel for work because I'm going to put out that much when I do work. Yeah. So I need to like swap the order of how I'm doing things because I will work myself into the goddamn mm. ground. So how do I swap this energy and, you know, live the vacation, work a little bit while I'm home. And then when I leave, oh no, I'm working until the death. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. I really, I really respect that. Like, in terms of setting up that boundary for yourself to be ready to make good kind of like strong work. You know, that's really yeah. That's something I think a lot of us as practicing artists who work commercially definitely need more of that kind of. I think it's the swap. Sure. We all need this. Like, there's something in it where you you enjoy where you are and like home, and it's like that has to be paradise somehow. Wherever it is, it has to be your paradise. And then when you leave, because when I would leave for vacation, it wasn't enough. Like, there's not time. What am I going to do in five days? Rest? Mm, mm, so true. Like, no, there's things to see. <laughs> yeah. There's things to eat. There's like, absolutely no. So now, yeah, now when More I do that on someone else's budget, I go eat on their budget. Like, I, <laughs> I'm traveling and then therefore it's on the, it's on the company. It all started to make sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you've got to figure it out. I love that. Um, I wanted to kind of swing our chat towards the act of moving. And I know sport kind of plays a big role in your work, in your life, in, and weaves its way into many parts of what you do, um, and particularly running. Um, and that's that's how we've connected and how we've met. Um, so what is what's your current relationship to running and to movement um where was that at for you currently i am running a lot um a lot meaning as much as i physically can um i am currently training for berlin marathon um and honolulu yes. and possibly something in between there um I go back to running every time nothing makes sense. And right now nothing really makes sense. And that's not so much about me and my career and my work and that it's about just other things, how I look at like 
the world right now. When I see media, when I see, you know, the news, especially American news, my Lord. Um, there's a lot of things that make me just say like, okay, like what makes sense? And then, you know, just today, like I, I reshared a story of a friend, um, that I've known for a good decade and he just started running and lost 50 pounds in like six months. Um, and it's that again, like it's the, my relationship to running and me coming back to running it, it, cause I, I go up and down. I mean, before the pandemic hit, I was probably the fastest I've ever been. I was the strongest I'd ever been. My God, I was like somebody. And then I lost all that shit, you know, like I just got sloppy, started drinking pandemic energy, like, woo, had a blast. Um, nothing like Underwood. Talk about champagne in a can. I never knew. I never knew I'd, I'd fall in love like, like I did. Yeah. So my relationship to running, um, at the moment, I'm... I just go back to running. I just go back to running when things don't make sense and life doesn't make sense. And, and I have to push myself and I have to, um, I don't know, think. So it's always this thing that I go back to. I just, sometimes I want to go hard with it. Sometimes I want to just sightsee with it. Sometimes I just want to do it to see how far I can go. Like sometimes I'm in it for the endurance and like the, oh, the grit. Sometimes I'm in it for like, I really just want to see how, what I can see. Um, and sometimes I just hate it. Sometimes I hate it a lot. Um, like right now, I hate it. Give a, <laughs> give a fund. It's tricky when your work involves having ideas around running. Like, hey, we want you to direct this film or hey, we want you to create this event. And then you also have your own practice as a runner. Do those ever get confusing? Or oh, yeah. I've gotten into fights with a lot of people with the way that I want to storytell and the way that they want to storytell and the kind of storytelling that they want to do. Um, again, because I don't have ego about speed. And then if you're like working with someone that really wants to tell a story about like being fast and speed, um, there can be a disconnect. And like, it's, there's no problem with anything, but for me, I'm like always thinking about the people who could never, who never think about speed. They just want to think about capability, you know, and that there's definitely, this is the speed, the art of running, you know, and being fast is beautiful as well. And there's definitely something in there. There's a lot of money in that too. So, um, I think just because that's like just such a wide spectrum of perspectives when it comes to running it always happens i think for me in that regard um because i think that those are always different consumers and depending on especially if it's for brand and business um also if it's you know i don't want to say men women but i also think that like it just all depends on like who you're speaking to and the kind of stories you want to tell you know sometimes men think that when they're trying to tell a story for women it has to be like so pink and like girly and it's like, eh, you picked the wrong person. If you thought that like hiring me, you were going to get the girly stuff, like just cause I'm a woman. Uh Oh, uh Oh, you met, you messed up. And so it's like, <laughs> I think those things happen too. Um, I think I've been in more of those situations than others. Um, at any of as a straight, as a straight woman, like I don't enjoy like pastel pink events. Um, and so, yeah it happens off often in that space. But I think in the training sense, um, and I've actually shared the story with someone recently when I was doing a lot of the programming and the events and the curating and the magazine and then this and that I was burnt out. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do community. I didn't care. Um, I didn't care about people like, like I it just started to like eat away at me because I felt like I started to just do it. And it was this job instead of like doing it for the original reason, which was filling the void. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting when you always have to fill yeah. your own void and then how does running do that when it's the thing that you're having to communicate and talk about. And, and it exhausts create. you. Like you have to replenish in some way. And so again, like, what is that? You have to, mm. like, your body is depleted, you're dehydrated, like just in physical form, you're all these things. And then like your energy's on top mm. of that, all of these things. 
And so, yeah, it's really thinking about like where you get that fuel from. Um, Mm. And it's funny because like I get it equally from running though, which is the beauty of the sport because like I also get the motivation and everything from like a real juicy good run, you know, where it's like, oh, I overcame that thing or I really like got my rest and had the proper day and like, like I had one of those mornings this morning where it was like, because I, I, I went to bed at 8 p.m. And so it was like, yeah, I can get up and do anything at 4 a.m., you know? And it was just this like energy of like, I was actually refueled by my own like depletion today because I was able to exhaust my tank and leave a puddle on the floor, which is like proof that I did work. Mm. Yeah, I guess no matter what, like the the act of running what it's going to do to you physically and mentally is always most like somewhat going to be there unless you're kind of detrimentally like just demolishing yourself in a in a negative way but you know even if it is all these even if you're trying to fill a void it's still going to be more than likely to help yeah as much as it hurts as but it helps and it's just it's a it's a sadistic sickness it's a beautiful thing it's like this this, this, this sick and twisted thing that only runners who and people who enjoy going back and doing it i feel like can say because there's some especially in this heat right now there's some days i'm just like i'm so depleted but then i'm also like first thing in the morning like gotta go run um because that's the only thing that i should be doing and can do and that's going to give me the energy that i need to like do all the other things that I need to do. Cause to be honest, like if I can get up and overcome, you know, whatever the goal is, I, you know, if it's a tempo, if it's just an easy run, if it's a mountain, like I, no one's email is going to bother me after that. Once I get home and have my water and like my stretch, nothing will bother me for the rest of the day. And so it's very much as much of it as it like depletes me. It's just like, it also calluses me in a way where like I can put on this quick armor for the day and nothing's going to bother me. Um, but then I got to pumice stone that hoe off because, you know, it can also callous you in all the wrong ways and be so hard and thinking about the wrong thing. And I'm working on being softer. Yeah. Yeah. Softer running, right? Not mm-hmm. with the cushion shoes, but just a mental. Softer. Soft yeah. Running. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you have like any kind of um, hopes and, visions for like what the future of running and movement kind of looks like in your world like whether it's individual or for the communities you're with wow um because I know you're a part of it you've always been a someone who has been a part of change and and invoked change in positive directions within from what I know from the running communities yeah a part of so Surely you're going to yeah. I you know because we're right on this like my own personal cuffs of this ten year of like being in it. Like I had I went I ran my very first marathon a decade ago in December, and now I'm just piecing together all of those days, the last ten years. Thank thank God for Instagram and Facebook and all of these like memories. Um, <laughs> but I'm able to piece together all of these moments and kind of think about the future in the way, again, like I mentioned, because I've been there before and I've done it. So it's about like, how do you make it better? How do you do it elsewhere? Um, I was telling like, we have these community members, leaders in undo. I haven't done anything with undo since the pandemic hit as my, my terminology is I'm on the bench. Um, in sports terms, I'm on the bench. Um, <laughs> and you know, I'm 20 seconds, however long we want this timeout to be, it's halftime. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're between seasons. I'll, uh, it's off season right now. Um, because again, like I'm in the business of filling the void, and there's really nothing that I am, I know. I, I can fill. I'm paying attention and I'm not sure exactly what needs to be filled. There's a lot of voids. <laughs> There's a lot of things. There's a lot to discover and unlock. And I'm just paying attention to those. But there have been people in our community who have been weaponized 
who are like out in the world just doing stuff and they're doing talks for us and they're taking the name of undo and having events. And I'm just like, great. I didn't have to do any of this. You actually, something was triggered in you. A seed was planted and you're taking this and you're actually doing what I wanted for the endeavors that I was a part of. I didn't want to be the sole figure doing events, hosting everything, showing up to every race, run, leading everything. Like, absolutely not. I'm turning into an old hen. But what I wanted to do (laughs) is to, you know, weaponize people and equip them with the tools so that they can also think so freely to say, oh, this is also how you think outside the box. And I want to have community support me. So how do I work in this like grassroots world or way in a world that doesn't really work in a grassroots sense and get things done? And so mm-hmm. to be able to now give these people the tools that they need so that they can reach, you know, brands faster so that they can work in communities that are already diverse. Like we never labeled ourselves BIPOC or, or diverse. So we didn't have to do that stuff. It was, everybody was diverse. Mm-hmm. Everyone was together. It was men and women. It yeah. was every sex, race, creed, color. It was all that. Because like, that's just what the community was. I didn't have Mm. to be labeled. I didn't have to be identified. And I didn't have to like be an SEO search for people to show up and want to do it. And I think things started to get ickier as everyone wanted to try to have these labels as to what they were and weren't instead of just doing the shit for the, the love and the running. And so because I know this and because I've been personally tarnished by the brand interference in running, I know I can speak to how to make it feel real again. And I can also equip people not only domestically, but we have this global interaction, this global link that we have, you know, here in this call, but also that has been a a BTG triple off of like, I know I can go anywhere in the world and there's people who I can run with and I have community with and I probably have a place to crash. And like that, that part of it too, when I think about the future of running, oh, it like, gosh, it's juicy. I want to jump in it. Because I think that part as far as how we're connected, how we storytell, there's there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of like anger with people, there's a lot of divisiveness, there's a lot of hatred, there's just a lot, you know, there's things that are going on that are going to have so many people at odds with each other. And the only thing that has been a common unifier that I've noticed, that I've been a part of is running. You show up on marathon day. It's the most beautiful day you've ever been a part of in any city you're in. And it's because every single person is there encouraging everyone who's out there just trying. And it doesn't matter what their background is and their politics or what they're into or what they said on Instagram or what they're doesn't matter. You're supporting one another and you're inspired and everyone's there. Just literally it's a moment of like hope. And it's just like, not to bring it back to a religious sense, but like the marathon days are possible because everyone's out there rooting for the same thing. That's the power in numbers. Everyone's doing that together. And it's like, it's one day a week in all these different places, but it's a life-changing day for so many people because everyone is collectively in that day doing that. I like read something on probably Travis's Instagram route like the ozone layer and how we all came together together to like close the ozone layer. And then they realized that it was a certain like chemical being emitted. And so that's why we don't use those same chemicals anymore. We don't have an issue with the ozone layer, but the whole world came together and did that. And that's my attitude around like running one of the most primal things that like we can do as humans. It's like the, the most beautiful thing you also can do. It was the most egoless thing that I ever started doing. It was the one time that it, it, no one cared about what I did. I didn't have to network. I was just running with people. And then when I looked around and started asking people what they did, and they were like, oh, I'm a writer for this, and I'm a photographer for this, and I'm a this and this. And I'm like, what? I'm around these like dope people, and we're not like mm. working together, but we are working together. There's something here. And so for me, that's the future of... Yeah. That's always going to be the future of running for me. It's like, how do you make that make sense as everyone, again, wants to live in their silos of my own brand, my own thing, my own this. That's great. We still have to run together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. That's that you're kind of speaking my thoughts that I, I have and you've articulated it like just perfectly, which is like, yeah, I, I think that's so 
It's revolutionary, really. I hope so. I, I mean, you know, I hope that all this running is the revolution, the physical re- revolution of like what we can do by doing something so simple. And I think those are the biggest things that I always take off. You know, I've had, again, speaking of like waves in life, uh, the creator of anti-social social, Neek. Um, Neek, I, Neek used, was 16 years old at Fruition Store when I worked there in Vegas like years ago. Neek, Neek has been around and we've been great friends for years. And I, it's so funny to see all of the like projects he had when he was uh, before antisocial happened. And then antisocial was one of those like, this is kind of a throwaway move. It's not really this like thing. It's this thing I know that people are going to like, like, but it, it's not my, me putting like my thousand percent in and it took off. And it's knowing those things about humans and people and again, trends and like what you know you're good at. And like Nick knew what he was good at and what people would buy into and what he could do. And it actually didn't take much effort. It just took consistency. Mm-hmm. Fill in the void. That's it. And being consistent. Yeah. And having and knowing how to like say the things that some people just don't know how to say. Like he made a t-shirt that just said anti-social social club and it hit people's heart. <laughs> and from then, and that, that was it. And people were like, oh my God, I relate. I relate. And it's like, it's a t-shirt that like literally has like paid this man's bills for the, for most the rest of his life, unless he's played his money. But like, woo. Yeah. That's so damn good. Eh? I love that. I love that. Wow, I think um, I think that was like really dope, and I'm conscious of time and you can tell it's fading. Like you can you can tell energy. it's fading, huh? I know. <laughs> no, I just want you to be fresh. I wanted you to be fresh for your week. Um, so I feel like yeah, that was really special. So that was thank that was, you thank so you much. So I feel like we can tie knot on it and. Thank you so much. That was amazing. Um, I can I can babble forever. Mm. I also have like just been here on my island, Likewise. so I, you know there's plenty to think about. <laughs> I have a lot of time to think um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. to like question the world and things because I'm just looking at things from a different perspective. Being here, it's just 